I'm Matt Dixon, and welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. The mission of Purple Patch is to empower and educate every human being to reach their athletic potential. Through the lens of athletic potential, you reach your human potential. The purpose of this podcast is to help time-starved people everywhere integrate sport into life. And welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. As ever, your host, Matt Dixon. And this week, we've got a cracker. It's a conversation with Dr. Gil Blander. Gil is an expert in nutrition, biomarker analytics, athletic performance, biochemistry, and aging research. He is well accomplished. He received his PhD in biology from the Weissman Institute of Science and undertook postgraduate research at aging at MIT. Now, Gil is also the founder and the chief science officer of one of our partners, Inside Tracker. And as if you're a regular listener to the show, you know that Inside Tracker is a personalized health and performance analytics company. It was created by a team of scientists, physicians, nutritionists, and exercise physiologists stemming from MIT, Harvard, and Tufts University. And us at Purple Patch and our athletes, well, we love to leverage Inside Tracker. It helps our athletes and fitness enthusiasts build a platform of health. And I really wanted to have Gil on the show, not some promotion for Inside Tracker, but I did want to understand why he founded Inside Tracker. But beyond this, we get into some really juicy discussions around aging, supplements that actually help performance, others that probably don't help performance. We even get into a little splash of homeopathy. I think that you are going to enjoy this very much. And I think you're going to help it find helpful as well. But before we get going, I do want to do a couple of squaddy updates with a little bit of an update from me. Yes, the primary squaddy update this week is going to anchor around strength. And I'm here to tell you, embracing a new habit is just not very easy. As mentioned over the last few weeks, I am absolutely committed to hitting all of the strength throughout 2022. And a part of this is, of course, I need to eat my own dog food. If I'm going to promote it, then I need to do it. And that's important. But also, I realize that strength is going to be a key component to me as I'm going to be participating in the seven-day Alps version of Alt Route. It's a rather grueling challenge. And I believe that strength is going to be a key component of the preparation. Well, Since commencing now, a couple of months ago, we've developed a great program of accountability. Purple Patch athletes all united together, going on the journey, encouraging, pushing each other. And I felt that accountability. I, no matter how busy, no matter how time starved, followed through and did it. Then I had the passing of my mum and I returned back to the UK. And of course, perhaps somewhat predictably, I fell off the wagon. Two to three weeks, very little. It would have been easy for me to go down that rabbit hole. Am I just another failure? But you know what? The Purple Patch athletes, they carried on. They kept engaged while I fell off. And that was great. But I'm back now, practically, logistically. And I'm back on it. Now I'm in catch-up mode, but I'm still committed. Why do I tell you this? Well, it's because... I am committed, but also I believe I would have really struggled to get back onto the journey without that sense of camaraderie, of community, of support, accountability. 
It's such a magic word. Guess what? You can join us too. This is the perfect time. In fact, I would say this is the time for habit creation and development. And as a bedrock of movement for 2022, I think that this is the time that you should consider getting going on your performance journey. You can join us. You can be coached by us. You can join the Purple Patch Squad program. You can even just integrate Purple Patch Strength into your overall program, whether you're coached by someone else or do your own program. All you need to do is head to purplepatchfitness.com and go and look at the programs. But also, it might be a good time to have a little bit of consultation with us. So if you'd like some personalized help or advice on what might be best for you, reach out to us, info at purplepatchfitness.com. We would be delighted to set up a complimentary call. All right. Now, as we get going today, the final thing, I do want to take a little commercial break because they are our partner. We like them and we're committed to this on the podcast. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about Inside Tracker. Because while today's show isn't about Inside Tracker per se, it does include its founder, Gil Blander. So it seems like it's a perfect time for me to let you know all about Inside Tracker. And as mentioned to the show, this is the time of the year that you want to build habits. But Inside Tracker can help you build those habits with purpose, specificity, and a real clear sense of direction. That's really empowering. On top of that, the program enables you to actually assess the results of those habits and also course correct when you take future assessments. Whether it's anchoring around your nutrition, your stress reduction, supplements, training intervention, Inside Tracker can be a massive support in your programming. And so all you need to do is head to insidetracker.com slash purplepatchpodcast and get all of the details. I tend to use the ultimate package, but there are lots of options for you. Oh, and it would be remiss of me not to mention Purple Patch Pro 25. That's Purple Patch Pro 25 you get 25% off the entire store. Okay, so back to the show and back to the education. This is a cracker. We're going to give Barry the week off the ukulele, and we're going to go right into the meat and potatoes. Yes, we welcome Dr. Gil Blander. I hope you enjoy the show. Take care. Yes, folks, it is the meat and potatoes, and I'm excited to welcome my guest, Gil. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for uh, inviting me, Matt. It's my pleasure. Well, good stuff. And uh, we are going to talk a lot about performance today and hopefully provide some fantastic education to the listeners where they already know, well know who you are. And many of our listeners are really familiar with Inside Tracker, of course, but this today's episode isn't really about Inside Tracker. We're going to dive into some really insightful details around aging, performance, stress, and other components. But before we get going, as we do with all of our guests, I'd, I'd love to know just a little bit about you and your background, and actually going back to your humble beginnings. Where, where did you grow up, your family, your education? Can you just let the listeners briefly sort of give you a little bit around our, your origins? Sure. So I was uh, born and raised in Israel, uh, in the north of the country. Mm -hmm. um, 
Uh, I have uh, two siblings, uh, uh, a brother and a sister. I'm the youngest one, so my sister is much older than me. She is 12 years older, and my brother is six years older than me. Um, and uh, from very young age, I was uh, intrigued by the aging process. Uh, the reason for that is uh, at uh, the age of 12, a relative of mine passed away from a uh, cancer, and I realized that I am not immortal. Uh, and at that time, I uh, decided that uh, I will dedicate my life to understand why can't we live forever? How can we delay the onset of aging-related diseases? Uh, how can uh, we improve the quality of life? And that's why I decided uh, to study biology. Uh, I done my undergrad at uh, Tel Aviv University in Israel mm-hmm. and my uh, master and PhD uh, at uh, the Weizmann Institute of Science in Israel. Uh, both of them in biology. Uh, and then in uh, 2002, I uh, moved to the U.S. to Cambridge, Cambridge, Massachusetts, uh, to MIT, and I done my postdoctoral fellowship at uh, Aging Research. Um, so that is my uh, early background in a, a nutshell. And, and with um, now that we know where you have gone emerging and been the founder of Inside Tracker, as you grow as well, I'm just interested. Did you have like a big passion for sports at all? Any sporting interests? And the reason I ask this is now it's obviously certainly not exclusive to athletes, but many many athletes love to leverage your toolkit that you've provided, your educational resources. I wonder whether sports was a passion of yours growing up as well. So, yeah, I used to, in Israel, it's like a part of Europe in a way. So soccer or uh, football, how they call it in Europe, is uh, was a passion of mine. But again, playing uh, uh, as a kid, I also used to uh, windsurf uh, in uh, the Sea of Galilee and uh, uh, I know a bit of running, so I, I done some uh, sport, but nothing uh, professional. I never uh, uh, been a professional uh, athlete, and I never had the aspiration to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like sport. I like to do it, and I uh, uh, currently I'm uh, exercising at least an hour a day. And uh, if I'm not doing it, I feel very bad. Uh, but it's never I never done it uh, uh, in order to run a, a marathon in less than uh, three hours or to, I don't know, to run four, 5K as fast as I can. Uh, that's not uh, the reason that I'm exercising. It's more because I know that exercising is good for your uh, health and longevity. Yeah, of course. It's like also almost an essential, one of the essential parts yeah. of the talk. It's to make you, make you thrive in life in many ways, which which we're going to get into. Um I do want to talk about Inside Tracker and uh, and the platform itself. Uh, as you and, and the first thing I want to ask, though, is uh, is something that's a, a question that I've written a lot about and talked a lot about, which is stress. You know, you you are a scientist. You're a leading researcher in aging. I'm just a dumb coach, uh, but um, but I have to ask about stress. I've long been explaining that the the real mission for time-starved athletes which we tend to work with is integrating their training which is obviously a stress into their big bucket of life stress all of the different stresses that they have whether it's emotional or travel or work environmental and i just love your view as an aging research on stress 
and the impact it has relating to both maybe sports perform performance, but also aging? Big question yeah. to start there. No, it's a, it's a very good question. And I think that stress is, uh, I think that stress uh, is not bad. So it's not a, a, a lot of uh, people look at uh, stress is bad. Uh, some stress is good. And I can give the example of uh, caloric restriction, uh, which uh, I assume that uh, you and your audience know about. Mm -hmm. uh, so part of uh, uh, limiting the, the time that you eat or limiting the amount of the calories that you have is uh, putting you in a low stress. And when the body is uh, 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 more stressful, uh, you become, uh, you can become uh, uh, better, more uh, uh, creative, and uh, 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 and uh, also uh, be ready for uh, some challenges that will come. Um, so I think that part of the effect, for example, of caloric restriction is that is uh, putting you in a low level of stress. Now, saying that a high level of stress is not good. So uh, it's like a balance. We need to have a balance of, uh, of stress. And uh, the same with uh, if uh, we are talking about an athlete, either professional or a mature athlete like me, um, it's good for us to stress ourselves, but don't stress yourself too much. And, uh, and uh, I can give you an example. I have a lot of uh, friends of mine that uh, are waking up every day at 5 a.m. in order to do their uh, 50 mile cycling or, I don't know, 10 mile running. Mm -hmm. uh, and I would say the value of doing that is not as high as the value that you may sleep another hour. So basically, to wake up at 5 a.m., if you went to sleep at midnight, it's not uh, uh, very um, wise, let's say. Uh, because you you break your sleep, you put yourself in a, 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 in some uh, stress, not only mental stress but also physical stress, because the sleep allow your body to re regenerate, and it's better to not to put your body in that stress. Another example is uh, a lot of athletes are uh, exercising too much, and then when you exercise too much, you get to a high stress. In that case, more physical stress, but sometimes also emotional stress, and then you can injure. Um, so, so I think that uh, like everything in life, there is a balance. So stress is not bad, but you need to stress your body in the level that will allow you to get to the next level and don't stress too much that you basically will push you backward. Uh, and a lot of us are, uh, 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 have a challenge with that and struggling with that to find the, uh, the, the balance. I can tell you that uh, uh, the last few days, I, I felt like that uh, my uh, muscles are really sore, and I love to cycle. So, uh, And it was very hard for me to come and say, eh, no, this morning I, I woke up and I, I went for a walk instead of uh, cycling because I felt that my, my uh, muscles are too sore in, in my leg. Um, and then I done a, a nice stretching, and uh, now I'm feeling better. But I could go easily and do another ride and uh, make my muscle more stiff and maybe get injured. So I think that that's that's the, exactly the uh, the balance of uh, stress is good, but don't don't uh, <laughs> put too much stress on your body because our body is the best machine that we have or the most sophisticated machine. And the only machine that we cannot replace, the, okay, you'll, uh, your car will, uh, the engine will die, you can buy another car. It will cost you some money, but uh, you can replace the car. You cannot replace your, your uh, body. 
So I think that we, we need to uh, be very careful with our body, especially with uh, athletes that uh, a lot of them are type A and they say, oh, I, I ran 10 miles yesterday, let's run 12 miles today. It's not always the right way. And taking a, a, a rest day, it's not a bad idea, at least once a week, or do yoga or, uh, or uh, I don't know, uh, go to the jacuzzi and enjoy it a bit, or enjoy your family. Um, so I think that that's something that uh, uh, we need uh, uh, as, uh, uh, let's say, as people that are really challenging ourselves, we need to find the, the right balance. And again, it's not easy. Well, I, it, it, it's a great concept because at, at, at Purple Patch, we talk a lot about the platform of health. And what we mean by that is, you know, whether someone's chasing a world championship title or chasing the kids around the house, we have this very strong belief as us as a coaching company that their performance is going to be built on what we title as a platform of health. So sort of building on that, I'd love to ask you as a researcher, if I say a platform of health, from your perspective, what does that mean? Yeah. So I think that uh, first it's a, it's a great question about a platform of health and how do you define health? Uh, because if you will go to a physician, he will come and say, health is all of us are healthy. Everyone that is not sick is healthy. And I'm, uh, I'm challenging that and saying, no, all of us, there is a prism of level of being healthy or sick. And all of us, somewhere in between the white of healthy and the, 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 the let's say, the black of uh, sick. And we are somewhere in the gray. Um, and... Uh, what, what I'm uh, saying, you can always become more healthier than you are today, okay? So if we are going, uh, I'm going a bit to the direction of insert tracker just to explain it. Uh, if you look at the blood, blood biomarker, uh, and let's take glucose as an example, the normal range for all of us, for you, Matt, for myself, for a, a, a male or female, for athletic active or couch potato, for a uh, obese or a uh, uh, low BMI person, all of us have 65 to 99. That's the normal range for uh, glucose. But actually, I think that uh, there is a, 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 not I think, I know, that there is a specific level of each, each of us based on our, of, uh, on our age, gender, ethnicity, athletic activity, and so on, of what is the best uh, level of glucose. And we developed that based on a peer-reviewed scientific publication and data from a, a big database, and each of us have an optimal zone that is smaller than the normal zone. So the normal zone is a 65 to 99. The optimal zone is much narrower. And basically, then we can bring you to the optimal zone. So if you are in your optimal zone, you, you are, in, for this marker, in the best that you can be. But we have 43 different markers, so I, don't, I haven't seen anyone that have an optimal zone for all the 43 blood biomarkers. So I don't know yet a person that is completely optimizing everything. Um, and I think that that's, a, a, for me, that's the definition of health, because we need to look at ourselves as a, a basically a very complex machine with a lot of indicators. Blood biomarker can be indicator. Physiological marker can be indicator. Our DNA can be indicator. Uh, the level of stress that we have, the feeling that we have, there are a lot of indicators. And you need to find what are the indicators currently that are not in the right place and try to push them to the right place. Basically, we need to optimize ourselves all the time. Even, a, a, let's say, a, a professional a NBA a player, 
they are not optimized. Nobody is optimized and everyone can become more optimized. And that's what we need to try to do because if we will become more optimized, there is a better chance that we won't get injured or we won't get sick. And then there is a better chance that because of that, we will live longer, better life. And I assume that that's what we want. It's you, you mentioned early in that, that response, which is fantastic. The, the tension that you felt behind, you know, more than 10 years ago, you founded Inside Cracker. And was that tension between what they classify as medically unhealthy and everyone else walking around in this gray zone, was that the catalyst for you in, in sort of creating Inside Tracker? Or if not, what was it? Yeah, the uh, catalyst to uh, found InstaTracker is that, uh, as I said before, I really wanted to build something that will allow people to live longer, better life or add ear to your life and life to your ears. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, we needed to find a way uh, to help everyone. And everyone is different. Uh, my issues most likely are different than the issue, Matt, that you are facing. So first... The first layer is let's understand what's happening inside your body. And uh, it's very hard to know by looking at you. It's like, a, a, it, it, it's not doable. Uh, but uh, it's doable to try to understand what's happening in your body, to take, to extract the liquid gold from your vein and look at your blood and understand what are the indicators that are not uh, uh, optimized. And then look at the uh, data from your fitness tracker and understand what is not optimized there and look at your DNA and see what are your risks, because the DNA can give you a lot of risk. You have a high risk for high glucose or low risk for high glucose. And all of that together allow us to have a high definition picture of your body. When we have that picture, then we know what are the issues that uh, uh, you, Matt, or someone else have. And then we can give you an action plan. What are the intervention that you should do in order to optimize your body? And again, that's hopefully will allow you to uh, uh, make the machine, the most important machine that you have working as, as best as possible and as long as possible. Well, it, it's interesting because you, you <laughs> whether you realize it or not, you, you danced into the world that is full of really a lot of confusion for athletes and performance enthusiasts and probably littered through all of the misinformation and quackery and fads out there and I guess the promise is that you're delivering insights and information where an athlete or a performance enthusiast someone that wants to thrive in their life can apply their focus to move towards becoming optimized and and so I guess that the question I have then is how do you an inside tracker navigate this minefield of data and information to ensure that it's it's that athletes and performance enthusiasts are able to make smart decisions and it's really valid information because I think that I guess the backbone of truth and honesty and validity is absolutely critical to your business yeah in many ways. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And uh, from the get-go, we said that uh, uh, each uh, recommendation that we have uh, is a science back. Uh, we extracted from a peer-reviewed scientific publication, uh, not only from one, from a few. And we have a team of scientists that validate, 
validated. So uh, we are spending a lot of time and effort to be sure that each recommendation that we are giving to you, first is a scientific valid, and second is the best recommendation for you based on your age and gender and the biomarker that are not optimized, and also based on your preferences. Uh, let's say that uh, uh, you don't like to take supplements, so we'll give you more uh, nutrition recommendation. Uh, let's assume that uh, um, your uh, uh, food preference is that you don't eat meat, so we can uh, uh, focus your recommendation on the recommendations that are uh, more uh, veggie or vegan. Um, so, so we can uh, uh, give you a, a very specific recommendation that are, are good for you, but also recommendations that are uh, most likely that you will take. We're also giving you a variety of recommendations. We are also, um, for each recommendation, we are uh, showing to you at least one of the uh, peer-reviewed scientific publications that we base the recommendation on. So you can by yourself look at it and decide by yourself if uh, we believe us or not. Uh, we're also trying to feed that recommendation as possible to you. So some recommendations are specific for someone that have a specific level of specific blood biomarker. Um, some recommendations are more for uh, someone that they have a, um, uh, a specific age or specific gender or a, a specific BMI. So we are taking a, 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 we are looking at all of that together and trying to give you the best recommendations that are good for you, very personal for you. Uh, and again, based on science, we have a, a very strong science team. We have a, a more than 10 uh, scientists that working on that day and night and having more and more recommendations and reviewing them and, uh, and uh, adjusting it based on the literature. We are collecting the new literature uh, all the time. We, we started also to have a lot of data that we uh, uh, produce by ourselves because uh, our user base is uh, growing significantly. So we have a data science team that mined the literature and starting to find a, a great insight. Some of them are uh, uh, based on N of 1, basically based on you. So, for example, if you are using a fitness tracker and we are looking at your resting heart rate, uh, we can uh, come and tell you, Matt, for specifically for you, what is the best time for you to fall asleep based on the uh, all the data that we have, the history data that we have of your uh, uh, sleep to come and say, hey, Matt, for you, the best time to go to sleep is, let's say, 10.30 to 10.45. Because then when you go to sleep at that time, the, usually the resting heart rate uh, is going down. Or what is the best uh, uh, time for you to go to sleep in order to improve your uh, deep sleep or REM sleep? So we, we are doing a lot of things like that, uh, data science on the end of one, but also on population. Uh, for example, we can tell you, or we are working on something that can tell you, what uh, most likely will be the result of uh, your next uh, blood test for specific blood biomarkers based on the data that you have today and based on people like you. So we can uh, predict in a pretty good way what will be your result uh, in the next test. So we are, we are starting to do a lot of uh, cool uh, uh, analysis of, your of the data and giving the, our uh, user more and more uh, a value of uh, uh, what they are giving us. It's fascinating. You know, one, one of the things that w when I first started chatting to, to you guys and talking about integrating it into Purple Patch, the thing that also I think really helped with, uh, with the validity side from me as a coach was the fact that you're not doing 
direct supplemental sales, uh, which I think is such a critical part because there's it, it builds the trust of recommendation as well. Um, yeah, yeah definitely, de definitely. We from the get go we said we want to stay the Switzerland of uh, uh, of the personal nutrition. We don't want to sell food. We don't want to sell supplement. We are, by the way, we are giving you some options. So because a lot of our users came and say, hey, you're telling me to consume vitamin D, but which brand, in your opinion, is a good one? So we spent a lot of time on that, and then we decided, okay, let's give them a few options. So our uh, nutrition team uh, looked at, uh, uh, at the supplement and uh, came with a few options that, in their opinion, is the, are the best. But again, we are not telling you to buy them, and we are giving you a few and we are not getting receiving any cut from that, so we are not making money from that at all. But we want to give a value for uh, uh, our uh, users uh, because it's not easy. It's as you said, you are starting to look at supplements. You see like five hundred different supplements. How would you know what to buy? It's, uh, and we're trying to make your uh, experience as uh, simple and as uh, easy as possible. So that's why we are giving a few example of uh, what are the uh, brands that we recommend, but again, it's uh, we are giving a few, and we are not uh, receiving any uh, uh, value from that from uh, the supplement maker. And, and I think that's important, and and it's also really important from a an athlete population standpoint because there's a whole lot of really bad supplements out there that, that we certainly don't want to get through. And and I think I should point out, and and maybe this is an opportunity for me to sort of provide my coaching. Uh, side of the equation here. This isn't just about, and, and I think you've you've said this very clearly, that, but this isn't just about these are the supplements to make you optimize. I, I really see inside track of the information that you get from it, which in my mind is slightly different than just data. The information, the education, the advice you get from it is also a great opportunity for an athlete or a performance uh, enthusiast to pause step back from their program or whatever you want to, the way that they do things and gain a little perspective because if you've got really elevated cortisol levels on a chronic level or you're really suppressed it's like hang on where's my stress coming from am i training too much am i doing the right sort of training so i think it, it's almost your partner of these little checkpoints in your overall performance journey to say where can i focus and what should the focus be, of which some of it can be nutrition, some of it can be supplements. But beyond that, it could be, hang on, I need to actually potentially prioritize stuff that help reduce stress, such as sleep and, and other components like that, which which I assume you would uh, agree with. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I, I think that uh, I see it as a... a, a you, if you look at the intervention that we can do, I divide them to four groups. You have the, the food, the supplement, the exercise or exercise modification, and the lifestyle changes. And sleep is a lifestyle change. Uh, meditation is a, a lifestyle change. Uh, uh, going outside to the sun, uh, uh, walking, uh, waking up in the morning and going outside and see the sunrise, and then uh, in the evening seeing the sunset. Something that we usually we are so busy we are not doing. But that's also is very good for your uh, um, soul and also very good for your sleep, by the way. Um, so, so there are a lot of things that you can do that uh, actually you will like it a lot, uh, uh, but uh, we are not doing because we are so busy and we are running after our, our tail. But there are some basic things that we can do that uh, will improve our uh, quality of life. And it's not like either in the... Uh, 
in the um, athletic uh, uh, activity or in the uh, business activity, more is not better. Uh, I, I don't think that if you work uh, uh, 12 hours a day, uh, you'll be more productive than if you work eight hours a day or, and, uh, uh, or you'll uh, have like nine hours, but in, uh, at noontime you'll go for a run and clean your brain and come with a great idea and implement the idea. And it's the same with exercise. A rest day might allow you actually to run faster the day after. So, so it's not a, a, like more is better. It's definitely not. And you need to understand your body or the machine that you have and adjust it based on that. It's terrific. You know, it's, it's funny you talked about the sunrise and the sunset. Just a couple of weeks ago, I had a good friend of mine on, Dr. Chris Winter, who's one of the preeminent sleep experts in the world done a lot of work with uh, professional sports teams and um, he talked about sort of th three key elements when you first wake up to kick off the opportunity to have good sleep later on and one of them was getting outside and seeing light as quickly as possible really important for the optic nerve yeah. one of them was um, was exercise and really a big fan of uh, of exercise in the morning if possible not not to say it's detrimental in the afternoon but yeah. it, the preference being and then there was actually interaction and something social which obviously good for the soul as well and that's that's a really it sort of ties in really nicely um together in many ways but uh i i want to broaden the conversation because i can't i can't bypass this opportunity to talk to you as a researcher in aging and not dive a little bit deep into this. A lot of our listeners are, all of our listeners are performance-minded. A large majority are on the journey of moving into 40s, 50s, 60s, and beyond. Yeah. And this is, in fact, we have a whole section at Purple Patch called the AARP Anarchists, people that are thriving, doing great <laughs> athletic stuff as they're moving into their 60s, 70s, and beyond. And so I've got to serve them, Captain. I've got to serve them. So, um, so I'm, I'm going to ask some some stuff around aging, if possible. And uh, the first one is actually a, a perspective, a mindset one, because you, you've been an aging researcher. I'd love your 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 thoughts on how you have seen folks' collective mindset on aging evolve over the last decades, from maybe how our parents or our grandparents approach getting older. It seems like there's been this seismic shift. It's a paradigm yeah. shift on how we approach aging. I'd, I'd love your thoughts on that just to kick us off. Yeah, yeah. In the in the past, aging was like, uh, it's like the car. So the car get older and uh, that's it. Uh, the car died. And uh, now we, we look at it a, a bit different. It's not like a destiny. You can uh, delay it and you can uh, extend the life. And I think in the last uh, few decades, there are a, a, a few examples uh, uh, from uh, some model organism that show that uh, you can extend the lifespan. One of them is the caloric restriction that uh, have been showing a lot of uh, model organism to extend the lifespan. But also there are uh, uh, some examples of uh, some um, uh, gene uh, uh, aberration, either uh, knock, knocking down a gene or a overexpressing gene that show that that can expand the lifespan as well. And some of them can expand the, the lifespan up to 50%. Uh, again, all of them is a, are in a model organism, so it's, a, it's definitely a very interesting. 
And then uh, I would say in the last decade or so, there are some, uh, let's call it uh, uh, small molecules uh, that you can uh, feed the model organism. And some of them are also, have been shown some, uh, let's say some evidence in human that uh, those can or might be able to expand the lifespan. Um, so I think that it's a very exciting time because we are starting to see more and more evidence that it's not a, 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 it's not something that we cannot do anything about. There, there are some definitely some intervention that we can have that can allow us to uh, increase the lifespan. Even if you look at uh, uh, the lifespan uh, uh, of uh, uh, our uh, grandparents or grand-grandparents a uh, 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 hundred years ago, uh, the average lifespan then was maybe uh, 40 to 50 years, and then they died. And now we go to 80 or 82. So just think about that, how much we, uh, uh, we increased the lifespan in the last uh, uh, century. And a lot of that was done uh, because of the antibiotics and the hygiene and the immunization, talking about immunization now uh, for COVID-19. And we see more and more that the immunization can uh, save a lot of people. And uh, our governments made a lot of mistakes and we lost a lot of people for not for a good reason. And uh, if all of us will get uh, vaccinated, we can uh, save a lot of others. Um, so, so, so that's what happened uh, till now. But now we have the opportunity uh, to increase the lifespan, not only by that, but also uh, some of it by uh, a lifestyle. So um, having the uh, caloric restriction is a good example. Don't eat like a pig. Uh, and uh, you have the refrigerator, doesn't mean that you need to open it every hour. You can keep it closed for uh, 16 hours and open it uh, only for eight hours. Um, uh, exercise, uh, uh, but uh, for your uh, uh, audience, don't go crazy. Exercise, but don't go crazy. Uh, again, you are not running your car. Think about your car. You're not driving the car uh, all the time. You're allowing the car to rest. So allow your body to rest. Uh, uh, allow yourself to uh, chill down and relax. So, so there are a lot of things of lifestyle that we can do. But also, it sounds like there are some uh, very promising uh, uh, small molecules um, Specifically, a, a small a, a drug that called metformin that uh, used to treat a, a, a diab diabetic that have been shown uh, at least in the uh, in some diabetic population, uh, some model organism, and uh, today the, there is a big trial on that uh, in healthy people uh, that. Hopefully, it will show that uh, this metformin can uh, uh, increase the lifespan, and it might increase the lifespan in 10 to 20%, which is uh, not a, a, a small one. Um, and there are a few other uh, uh, drugs or drugs like that that can uh, do that as well. Um, and, uh, and I think that there is a, a, a bright future ahead of us. Uh, and... Uh, it's, it's like a, 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 for, for a person, uh, I know, in our age, the, the name of the game is uh, keep your body as good as possible because there are a lot of new development will come, but you want to be around in a good shape when it will come because if you won't be in a good shape, you cannot enjoy it. So I think that uh, taking care of your body is uh, so important. It's like a, a, a investing for your retirement. 
like investing or saving money for your retirement. Because if you have a lot of money in uh, your retirement, you will get to the age of 70 or whatever. But then you will uh, lie on a bed uh, uh, connecting to a lot of tubes. That's not fun. We want to continue to run marathon or uh, ride our bike or do whatever you like. And uh, in order to do that, you need to take care of your body from early age. It's not enough to decide to do it at the age of 70. You need to start doing it as early as possible. Well, I, I was going to ask that question of when does this really need to become actionable? Because aging feels like such a foreign yeah. concept to many people that they view, oh, now that I'm older, I need to start to think about this because I'm slowing down. But but in fact, it's, you know, the whether it's nutrition and everything that falls under exercise, stress reduction, when is it to start when is it time to start and take action on it the answer is now whenever you are whatever age you're at yeah so yeah uh, i would say that we are starting to age from the moment that we have been born and more specifically uh, i yeah it's okay if you are as a kid uh, don't do it uh, so well but uh, from the sexual maturation definitely you you should start worry about it i know that young people don't worry about it because they feel the best that they felt ever and they can party and all of that but if you can party but don't party all the time it's also good and again i'm not saying that you need to be a monk and uh, don't drink alcohol at all or don't go to parties do that but you don't need to do it every day do it once a week again everything in moderation is okay i want to ask about mindset as well because one of the common mindsets that i have to break is an athlete reaching a certain point and they just go okay i'm just sort of unwinding now and they they start to think about that their mindset shifts and sometimes it's like 50 or 55 whatever it might be and this is very common in athletes whether my goal now is just not to decline and i realize that we can't beat physiology per se but how important in your research is the mindset and i guess a positive mindset towards it, a growth mindset would be a, a very common label to help and a person stay engaged across elements to maintain or improve the quality of life as they get older yeah m- mindset is definitely uh, important and uh, being more positive than negative it's always good and uh, and try to uh, look at the half uh, full of the cup everyone have an issue and uh, you can always uh, uh, look at the uh, the grass of your neighbor and see that it's greener but that's not uh, that's not positive and it's uh, uh, so definitely positive people uh, live longer and they uh, are achieving more and they are uh, also more uh, having a better social life because uh, it's much more fun to be with next to a person that is positive than someone that is always uh, uh, comes oh i'm so it's so bad and i feel so bad and all that nobody likes to be next to such a person so i i definitely think that uh, uh, positive is uh, much better than the <laughs> negative mindset well, I gotta, um, I'm going to pivot a little bit because I have to ask you about some supplements because, in fact, I, I, I spoke to a, a couple of friends and said that we were going to have this chat and, and three or four of them said, oh, would you please ask this? And said, okay, I will. So this will be a little bit of a quick fire to give us a breathing room. You can go forth and, and, uh, and, and I think this wades back into the aging discussion, but um, 
but around confusion, misinformation. And so these are hot topics. You read it around the media. I think it's probably a 30 second answer per but um, and if you want to pass, feel free to pass. But um, the first one got asked about collagen, very, very trendy around aging, obviously skin cells and skin health. What's the does it hold water? Voodoo? What are your thoughts? Yeah, so I, I don't think that it's a, a, a voodoo. And actually, we have some data that uh, show that uh, collagen is uh, uh, helping uh, 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 to prevent uh, injury and uh, uh, make the recovery faster. Uh, so there are definitely some uh, uh, data in the literature about it. And if you're interested, I can uh, uh, um, we can send the, the data to you, uh, the papers. Uh, there are some, uh, uh, um, some people that are talking about uh, uh, collagen also help immunity. And we couldn't find enough uh, evidence uh, in human research that uh, showed that. So uh, to summarize, yeah, collagen is uh, good for uh, uh, prevent injury and uh, speed recovery, but uh, we haven't found a lot of evidence for uh, uh, immune uh, support. Mm, interesting. Another one, very, very common amongst athletic populations, glucosamine around joints, and but particularly any benefit of sort of, you know, taking glucosamine before you actually have joint issues or adding it if you have symptoms? I guess there's two different scenarios there for folks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that that's a, also a, a, a good question. Uh, and uh, um, we, we looked into that and uh, we haven't seen enough uh, evidence for uh, uh, glucosamine uh, uh, for preventing injury and uh, uh, speed recovery. So we, we, we haven't seen that. Uh, but uh, I don't know, maybe in the future we'll find more evidence. But currently we, we, we don't see it as a, a supplement that uh, have a, a value pair based on our research. And then what, uh, I've got two more small ones. The next one's going to be about metabolism. And this was from an article. I cannot remember now that I, now that I asked. I think it was New York Times. But there's an interesting article that's talking about some research around metabolism transitioning into the 50s with either a consideration, I'm, I'm sure that you, you will know about this, around weight gain and muscle loss being more to do with lack of movement and a sitting lifestyle over actual chronological slowdown of metabolism. What, what does the research say on this? So where, where are we at with that? So, yeah, I think that uh, uh, what happened is there is a, a, a strong correlation, again, not in your population, but in the general population, that when you get older, you are exercise less. And uh, I think that uh, uh, you can definitely, yeah, it's happening because, again, it's a, it's a chicken and egg question in a way. Because most of us are not exercising, so they are losing uh, muscle. I can tell you that I'm in uh, my 50s, and uh, I have the, the, the highest amount of muscle that I had in my life because I'm uh, taking care of myself, and I'm sure that your audience are, is doing it as well. So definitely, uh, you can, you can uh, beat it. Uh, it's definitely happened, and it's much easier to build muscle when you are younger, but it doesn't say that you cannot do it. And I, I think that uh, uh, all of us can do it and uh, build the muscle. And by the way, it's very important to have the muscle uh, at the uh, older age because uh, you are stronger and uh, 
when you fall, and a lot of us, uh, hopefully not, but a lot of us uh, will fall, uh, uh, when you have muscle, you have less chance to break your uh, uh, bones. And that's uh, one of the major uh, uh, issues with the uh, elderly and the uh, injuries for them is uh, from fall. So uh, build the muscle, maintain it. But again, don't go crazy. So don't uh, build muscle 10 hours a day. It's enough one hour, two hours a day. Uh, but do it, yeah. All right, I'm going, to, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole, and I, I didn't tell you that I was going to ask you this question, but as we're talking, it sparked in my head, and I, I can't help it. I'm, I'm fascinated with the placebo effect, as they like to call it. And I, I'd love your thought, as you have done so much research around the aging process, and we've danced around stress and mindset and positivity, what about the interventions? What's your perspective on interventions that maybe don't really carry water so far as peer-reviewed research but people embrace them as uh, and, and potentially they they might and i put this in parentheses work probably more towards a placebo effect something like homeopathy the dirty word in the family what, what's your pers perspective on that yeah, I think that, uh, again, it's, uh, I, I, I agree with you that a lot of it doesn't uh, hold water or doesn't have uh, scientific support. But some, if you believe in that and you're doing that and it's make you feel better, that's fine. Do it. Uh, uh, my father, by the way, she he is a 90s, uh, in a, 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 a term 90 a, a few weeks ago. And he's going, uh, he has someone that they're uh, taking care of him and uh, he's meeting with her once a week. And he believe in that, so that's good. Again, it's uh, like uh, uh, what you said: be positive and have something to believe. And so, I don't think that it's bad, uh, but uh, I agree with you that it doesn't hold water. So, uh, if you are more scientific, like uh, look like uh, like me and you, Matt, we won't do it. But if someone like it and you want to do it, why not? It's not it's not negative, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I think I think that's a great perspective on it. So. I want to ask about cognitive decline. Uh, I, uh, as you know, I just uh, lost a mum, and uh, and it was unfortunately to COVID nineteen. But she she had Alzheimer's, and uh, uh, obviously there's a, a lot of research, and uh, you know it's um, it's one of the leading costs, uh, uh, causes of death amongst women in the UK is uh, is Alzheimer's, which is uh, fascinating and, and troubling, obviously. Uh, that's that's just and Alzheimer's is obviously just one component of cognitive decline. It doesn't necessarily go into Alzheimer's, but well, as performance-minded folk and you as an aging researcher, what actions can we take before we have any symptoms of real cognitive de decline? Is it is it that diet, exercise, stress reduction, supplements, etc.? And then secondly, are there any sort of, yeah, what, what actions should we take before there are warning signs, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, what you said is good. Uh, exercise, eat well, sleep well, definitely it is important. But also challenge your brain because uh, it's, again, like a, like a machine or like a car. If the car is not driving, uh, there is a better chance that when you will need to drive it, it won't drive well or it will stop uh, uh, functioning. So challenge your brain either at work or if you like, uh, play uh, mind games and all of that. That uh, definitely can help you to uh, maintain the, the quality. 
Uh, but other than that, there are not a lot of things to do today. It's, uh, uh, it's something that uh, uh, there is a lot of focus in the uh, scientific community to try to find a, a solution. And un unfortunately, as much as I know, there is no, nothing yet to do about it that uh, it's really effective. Yeah, I, I, I read some interesting stuff around the, the connection or the, the, the belief or, or, or interest around the connection of an overconsumption or a radical increase of consumption of sugar. Do you know much about that with cognitive decline? No, I don't. Uh, it might be there, but it's it's not my expertise, so I, it might be. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Uh, what what's the what's the biggest myth that maybe frustrates you around aging that that you battle as a researcher? Yeah, I think that uh, uh, a lot of people are saying it's my destiny, and uh, I I don't need to do anything about it. And because my, I got a bad genes from my parents. Uh, and uh, I, I think that that's wrong because uh, I, I like to give the analogy of a, a card. So uh, when you go to the casino, you receive a card and you can uh, play a, a card game. And sometimes you receive a good cards. Sometimes you receive a bad cards. And uh, the analogy is that the, your genes are the cards. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, you can play the cards. So if you play them well, you can win even if you started with a bad card. And it's the same here. You, got a, you have a bad genetics, that's okay. If you play them well, work on your lifestyle and your nutrition and your exercise, you might do very well with bad cards, uh, maybe even better with some, uh, comparing to someone that got a, a good cards because you are working hard and you, are, you might be even better than him. So uh, in my opinion, is. a... a uh, we have a lot to influence, even so that the genetics is important. Our lifestyle and the behavior is uh, not less important than that. Then that's a, a wonderful way to finish. And I, I have to say, you're 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 on a fascinating journey, and um, and I'm sure that the journey of Inside Tracker as well has has even opened it up even more with the the data that you're getting and the interactions with real human beings on a on a day-to-day -day basis it must be fascinating but uh, i think from all the listeners i want i want to thank you so much for taking time out of what is an in incredibly busy life for you to to spend time with us so, so i really appreciate it. and thoroughly enjoyed the conversation me too and it was a pleasure matt thanks so much Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Purple Patch Podcast. And if you like what you hear, we'd really appreciate it if we share with your friends and really go the extra mile. Head over to Apple Podcasts or your favorite platform to follow, rate, and review the show. Your support and reviews go a long way to increasing our visibility and, of course, the exposure to time-starved people everywhere who want to integrate sport into life and ultimately thrive, just like me and you. Don't forget... You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Links to the episode resources and all of our programs can be found at purplepatchfitness.com. Thanks much for listening. Take care.